If you are politically correct or easily offended, move on to another show. But if you want to hear the truth, keep listening. Brothers at Arms starts right now. When you're born in this world, you're given a ticket to the freak show. And when you're born in America, you're given a front row seat. We gather tonight at a dramatic and deeply promising time in our history and in the history of man on earth. So they don't, they, nobody wants to rock the boat, nobody wants to change, don't change anything. And we're, we're in a nice downward glide. I call it circling the drain. We reward stupidity in this country. We reward people with multi-million dollar TV contracts so that all the other stupid people can sit around and watch how stupid these people are. Stupidity is a virtue in this country. These people are psychopaths to the worst order. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. You are listening to Brothers at Arms with Ira Robinson and Joe Long. This show airs Thursday starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on LateNightInTheMidlands.com. The cold hard truth has no fear on this show. I think Americans have worked extremely hard not to see the criminality that their officials and their policymakers have exhibited. Well, hello, hello out there, one and all. Welcome once again to another fun-filled, fact-filled, action-packed adventure known as Brothers at Arms. My name is Ira Robinson. Hmm, I'm Hmm. not hearing anything on your side there, Joe. I'm here. Ah, there you are. Now we can hear you. (laughs) Yes, I was waiting for you to finish your intro. Aha, I see. (laughs) Well, that works. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you know? See, you had to go and mess up the flow. I did. See, and we're rhyming like crazy here, aren't we? You see, I was going to do this. (laughs) Theme music. Every good hero. Every good hero needs their own theme music, yes. No, Indeed. if you're going to quote a movie, quote it, right. <laughs> well, fine, go ahead. To my theme music. Every good hero should have some. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Anyways, we are live and in person with you guys tonight, if you can't tell by all the weirdness that's been going on so far. If you guys want to call in tonight, you can do so. The number tonight, as it always is, is 260-494-3937. Our Skype line is JDA Film, and as always, we're over in the chat room at lnmradionetwork.com. You guys can join us over there, and uh, hey, you know, come on, get involved in the conversation. There's always really great stuff going on. So, Joe, this has been a really big week. There have been a lot of things that have been going on over this past yes, week. Yes, it has. This has been a really big shoe. <laughs> yes, I know people want the audio of or the uh, video of my beardly goodness, but uh, my beardly goodness is not on YouTube. Uh, it is gone to the wayside, gone the way of the dodo, at least for a little while. Although I'm looking 
looking at some different places to do the video broadcast. Um, I'm looking at maybe BitChute, perhaps uh, uh, on Stellar if they ever get their stuff together and do video over there. Uh, I may switch things to over there because uh, it seems like both of those places don't have the rampant censorship that goes on over there in YouTube land and, yeah, of course, Facebook that, land as well. We discussed that last week and then we yeah. discussed it on Sunday when you called into my show and then hung out all night. I love it. <laughs> It was great. And then Indeed. Papa showed up and things went completely off the rails. <laughs> Papa, I love you dearly. I love it when you call in because you never, I don't, I never know what's going to come you out of your mouth, know, what yeah. direction things are going to take when you call into a show. You never know, but it's always, always awesome oh, either way. It's always entertaining. Yep. It is always, always entertaining. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, I guess let's get started a little bit. We've got some things that we're going to cover tonight that I think are going to be very interesting for folks. But uh, the first one that I wanted to talk about is is something that I ran across. And I thought, you know, this is this is interesting. I, I like the direction that this particular person went with this. And I, I thought, well, let's see what Joe thinks about this as well. It's a um, it's an advertisement for a job. OK, OK. Classified ad for a job. And I just thought I'd read the classified ad out because I thought this this is the way that things really need to go. You know, mm-hmm. so you ready for this? Sure. OK. Construction workers needed. Lake Fork area. Please do not apply if you oversleep, have court often, do not have a babysitter every day, have to get rides to work later than our workday begins, experience flat tires every week, have to hold on to a cell phone all day, or will become an expert at your job with no need to learn or take advice after the first day. Must be able to talk and work at the same time. Must also remember to come back to work after lunch. Should not expect to receive gold stars for being on time. If you qualify, leave your name and number at blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I've seen that particular ad. Jenny showed that to me the other day, and <laughs> I laughed my fool head off. I thought, yes, all ads need to be like this. They yes. all need to state right up front that that is what they're looking for. Because <laughs> I can tell you this, Ira, I can tell you this honestly. I worked for three and a half years in a plastics plant. Anybody that's listened to the show knows I used to work nights in a plastics plant because we used to have to record these every other week because every other week I had to work. And in the first year there, within about three and a half months of me getting going from a temporary employee to a full full, to a full time employee, I was made a trainer. And in the uh, about nine months that I was a production trainer. I probably train 50, maybe 60 people. Maybe it could have been a lot more. I just don't know. But I could usually tell within half an hour, 45 minutes, if they were going to stick around or not. And my predictions were pretty, you know, usually pretty right on because they'd come in and this was not exactly the hardest job on the planet, what we were doing. You know, we were trimming parts. We were, you know, but... You know, even on some of the thing, you know, there were a few that were fairly difficult. There were a few that, you know, you had to really be on your toes and really working hard to keep up with the press. But even on the ones that were, you know, to me at least, you know, I could take a part, trim it, put it, you know, stack it, and then have a, like a minute, almost a minute to goof off. 
they were five and six and seven parts behind. They were complaining. They'd walk, they were in the bathroom, half the shift. It's like, yeah, these people aren't going to show up. And then they, you know, they'd start calling it. It's yeah. I probably went through of the 50 or 60 people I trained. I think four were still there when I quit. So yeah, I understand the, the, the frustration level of this employer because it is without a doubt ridiculous. I mean, it's gotten to the point now where people show up to work and they're expecting to get paid to do nothing. That's what they're expecting. Or they're showing up to work, you know, on a job they've never done before. Something that is, you know, they've gotten a brand new job. It's something completely brand new to them. And yet they're experts the next day and get aggravated when somebody tells them, Hey, there's a better way to do this. You know, I've been with the company I'm with now for going on a month, two and a half months. And I still learn new things every day. As a matter of fact, I got called into the office the other day because some of my inspections were not up to scratch. Did I get upset about it? No. I looked at my boss and said, Hey, I'm sorry. I will do better. And today I was down doing something I'd never done before. I was helping out one of our bore guys. And yes, we actually have to use a machine that bores under the road for some things. And he was teaching me all kinds of brand new things that I never knew. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. I'm learning <laughs> something new. I'm learning. To, I'm trying to become a more valuable, but I've seen people that you come up to them and say, Hey, they're, you know, that's not the way you should do things. And they turn around and get mad at you. It's ridiculous. Or you're right. Like this guy said, they have, <laughs> you know, they have a, they have a, uh, uh, a flat tire every other week, or they have, um, you know, their babysitter doesn't show up or, you know, you name it, you know, what, you know, their mother has died five times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I've seen that one. Ira. <laughs> yeah. Well, How I've, others do you have, I've worked, uh, I've worked human resources before. I definitely know all of the excuses in the book that people will use, uh, to call in consistently. Uh, right. that's for sure. And I would track, you know, I, I had a, uh, I had a running list of all the employees that called in because of this person was sick, this person died, this person, you know, their, their dog, I don't know, ran over a tire or something. I don't know. But anyways, um, I, and, and I would call them out on it, you know, constantly if, if they were, um, yeah, using these excuses, you know, did your mother die two weeks ago? Exactly. <laughs> didn't, <laughs> didn't she die six months ago? Uh, you know, I mean, something's not quite right here. Stepmother that died. <laughs> really? You know, it's like, you know, you know, yeah, when I was at Buckhorn, I will admit I was not the, I was there the majority of the time. I was there the majority of the time, but you know, I had seven points to play with before I got fired on eight. And you know, there were times that I would literally call up the boss and just say, I'm not coming in. I wouldn't even give an excuse. I just say, I'm I'm not coming in. (laughs) Yeah. And truthfully, I think that the boss was that, that my supervisor was actually happier. If I just said, Hey, I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling it today. I, I would not be any use to you. I'm just not coming in he'd rather be have the honesty of why I didn't want to come in than me try to make up some lame ass excuse, you know? Indeed. Indeed. Well, anyway, so I thought that it would be, uh, interesting. I, I, I've seen some really weird ads for jobs before, but that one, uh, that one, I got to give a little bit of props to you. They, they did a good job oh, trying to cover I mean, all the you know, bases on that one. That's, you know, that's not a, that's not weird. That's just truth and advertising. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, 
this guy is just like, hey, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And if you can't meet these, go away. Yep, exactly. Well, moving into things that I know are going to upset you a little bit here, Joe. See, I, I did you something happy there at the beginning. Something that you could get behind. Mm-hmm. Just that I could do this to you. You and I have talked before about places like CPS and and uh, DFCS or however and the acronyms that are out there, the Child Protective Services that are out there. They all go under different acronyms. But anyways, um, I ran across a story regarding uh, one particular social worker that's involved in one of these. And uh, yeah, let's see what you think about this here, Joe. All right. So a uh, judge has criticized a social worker who took a child away from his mother because she refused to give him ice cream. What? The social worker said the woman was failing to meet her son's emotional needs and also highlighted how she did not allow him to get his hair to be cut in the way that he liked. What? (laughs) What? The judge said the social worker's criticisms were utterly insubstantial and obviously inconsequential. Said the uh, social worker had outlined her evidence in a 44-page witness statement, which was very long on rhetoric, but very short indeed on concrete examples of deficient parenting. He said it was very hard to pin down within the swaths of text what exactly was being said against the the mother. (laughs) Uh... See... I give props to the judge to for calling out the moron that did this. You know? Yes. I give big props to the the judge for calling this out because truthfully, when it comes right down to it, you're taking a kid away. Oh, you're not giving him ice cream. Yeah. He needs to eat his vegetables. <laughs> he needs to eat his meat. You can't have any pudding if you don't eat your meat. <laughs> well, you know, interestingly, that brings up uh, something else I ran across earlier. The There was a kid, uh, I think it was four years old, called the police twice because he did not want to eat his salad. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a troublemaker in action right there. That's a kid that knows his rights, right? <laughs> no, that's a kid that's going to get his butt whipped is what that is. <laughs> yeah. That's a kid who's going to, you know, I have a 12-year-old and a 4-year-old. If either one of them calls the, calls the police for something like that, once the cops leave, oh, it is on. <laughs> Boy. It is on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that the judge in this particular case, they ended up, you know, making sure that the child was returned to the mother. The social worker wanted the child uh, taken away and put into foster care because uh, she because she failed. She didn't any ice cream. Yeah. The poor kid. And because he's he, eating his emotional needs. Yeah. Because she didn't didn't let him get his hair cut in the way that he wanted. I mean, this is what a waste of taxpayer money. That right? is a waste of time. Yeah. A waste of money. A waste of energy. And does nothing but creates an emotional scar a mile and a half long in this family's life. Yeah, I mean, they took the child, the social worker took, had the child taken away 
um, and and placed into temporary custody. And the uh, judge returned the custody back to the mother when it when it got in front of the court because of this, you know, insubstantiated evidence that this social worker had. But the fact is, this child was placed into temporary custody away from his mother for that time period. What's that going to do to this kid? I mean, it's going to create, you know, it is, it's an emotional scar. It's an emotionally scarring thing. I mean, but, and I want to know, first of all, who called the protective services because he wasn't getting his ice cream. Was it the kid? Was it a teacher? Was it a neighbor? Was it somebody else? Well, that's not said in the article, but uh, Jolene brought up a good point about, you know, this this kid is at this point in time going to remember now as well. Hey, these guys took me away from from my mom because she didn't want to give me ice cream. Well, what can I use next time? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, come on. I mean, because again, it's a huge waste of of taxpayer money to have this kind of thing. The thing on. is that this social worker needs to have have some serious oversight imp- imposed on her. She needs to maybe lose her job for weight. I mean, you need you. Know, what needs to happen is now that this has happened, go back and over. You know, let's go back and maybe review some of her other cases because. Uh, Maybe something like this happened before, and the judge wasn't quite as up on the as uh, wasn't quite as quick on the uptake. Sean in the chat room said that a good ice cream sandwich is something to fight for. I would agree with that. Yes, I, I love a good ice cream sandwich myself. A good ice cream sandwich or a nice bowl of mint chocolate chip. Ah, no, I can't stand mint chocolate chip. Anybody comes near me. Anybody comes near my mint chocolate chip, they're going to get a spoon in the eye. Oddly enough, I love mint. I I'm a mint freak. I love mint and I love chocolate, but I don't like mint chocolate chip. I I I don't know. I don't know why. It's weird. You're, because you're odd, Ira. You're you're idiot. You're a, you're a moron. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, um, just one of those things, you know, I wanted to make sure to uh, to bring up. Yes, I know. I'm an idiot. Ha- Joe, have you heard <laughs> now, about now your wife? On the other hand, you get mint chocolate. If I get mint chocolate chip anywhere near her, it disappears. No, 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 no. She can't stand mint, but anything chocolate chip, she'll she'll definitely do. <laughs> Somebody in your household that if I get the, my mint, that would be chip crystal. Them, yes, that would be crystal. Yes, um, the minion. Yes. Minion would minion will make my mint chocolate chip disappear, and then yes. I tickle her mercilessly. Indeed, indeed. Have but you heard about that coming? Have she's you, got that coming? Yes, she does. Have you heard about the new change uh, uh, that that IHOP is doing? Have you heard about this this little yeah, marketing play uh, that they're you doing? Mentioned something like that to me that it's no longer the International House of Pancakes; it's now the International House of Burgers. Yes, IHOP is what they're changing it to. Now, marketing ploys I, aside. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry. Why? Uh, again, marketing ploy. You know, they're, they're losing business, so they got to try to do something to, to recover from it. So let's, let's a, There's this. an old, um, you know, there's an old George Carlin skit. You know, he used to ha- sometimes have these little envelopes, especially right after his second heart attack, you know, to kind of break up things and maybe give him a little break. And he'd open this envelope and said, oh, I've got a message here from the International House of Pancakes. Waffles suck. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Well, 
Well, the thing is with IHOP, at least here in Fort Wayne, we've got two of them and they're open in, they're open 24 hours a day. Actually, there's three of them. If I remember right, there are three IHOPs here in Fort Wayne. And usually, you know, most people that are going into IHOP, they go in there about three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> completely schnockered and they're hungry. Well, Joe, you and I spend a lot of time at IHOP in the middle of the night with, uh, you know, drinking yes. the coffee and doing nothing else. And the waitress really pissed off because all we're doing is drink a coffee and that's it. <laughs> you know, we would do that. You know, we would do that before we went out on the paper route. We yep. would get, you know, we'd get the papers rolled and we knew we couldn't pick them up until like one or two o'clock in the morning. So. You know, we didn't want to just sit around the house because the, you know, everybody at your house was asleep. Yep. <laughs> so we'd drive over to IHOP and we'd sit there. Just hang and out. Sit there and I'd be drinking Coke. You'd be drinking coffee and we'd be sitting there, you know, just, you know, shooting the, shooting the breeze until, you know, <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, two, three o'clock in the morning when we could go pick up the papers. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, anyways, least, we had many a dirty look from a waitress. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I made sure to tip pretty well. Cause you know, yes, I, 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 I know how it is. So, so did I. Um, and the other thing is that a lot of students would go in, go in the, to IHOPs yes, yeah. late at night and they would bring their laptops. They'll do, they're sitting there doing their homework, drinking coffee. And I mean, <laughs> It's three o'clock in the morning, lady. What do you expect? Somebody coming in ordering a five course meal? Yeah, you're, you're not going to get a $40 tip tonight. You know, I'm sorry. You're working oh. up. <laughs> Anyways, marketing ploys aside. Now, one of the things that I love when um, businesses do this kind of thing is the other companies that are competitors getting involved in the situation, too. And, um, in this is particular case, is the international or is the Waffle House doing something new? Well, in this particular case, the uh, the different places out there have been doing uh, kind of tweet wars against IHOP uh, in their own little fashion to <laughs> to get this. Meme that says, I saw one meme that Jenny showed me for that. It says, "Welcome to the International of Burgers. What would you like? Pancakes." <laughs> Well, Burger King, for instance, they've changed their profile fi uh, profile picture on Twitter to uh, say Pancake King. And it shows two <laughs> pancakes on the top and bottom. Well, the thing and the thing is, I've read the new menu. Yes, they have a lot of burgers there. Yeah. And, you know, IHOP has always had a lot of burgers, but they also still have all of their pancakes. The millions and yeah. the all the incarnations of IHOP pancakes are still there. Are still in existence, yeah. So uh, Whataburger, they they did a tweet that says, as much as we love our pancakes, we'd never change our name to What a Pancake. Mm. Now you got me hungry because <laughs> I'm going to take me a trip down south because that's a little the bit of Whataburger, yeah. Here in Indiana, after living in Louisiana, that I miss is Whataburger. Because they're in Louisiana, Texas, you know, the kind of the Southwest and Whataburgers. Oh, my God. You what? know what I'm talking about, because I know yeah. you've had. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had Whataburger. They, they they're good. Have a, for a fast food restaurant, they have a burger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh. Uh, uh, Waffle House, they came out with their response. They you mentioned Waffle House there. So um, they came out with a tweet that says, uh, even though we serve delicious burgers, we know our roots. <laughs> yeah waffle house and see, as, as a former truck driver i spent a lot of time eating in two places waffle houses and puddle houses yes and well, huddle house has the best hash browns 
on the planet. Oh, they're awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, you one that's not too far from your house. That's the thing, though, with with um, this change that IHOP is doing. You know, it's like they're 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 gonna drive their own business away. Because yeah, I mean, what are they known for? Right? What are they known for? Why do people go there? Either the coffee pancakes. or the pancakes, right? Yeah. I mean, you tell me another restaurant you go to where you order pancakes and you have five different syrups waiting for you on the table. Right, exactly. You've got the you've got your good old fashioned Wisconsin maple syrup. And I've been told that it's Wisconsin maple syrup. Huh? Oh, I'm being told I'm saying it wrong. It's not Wisconsin, it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm getting shaked. I was saying it just fine the other night, wasn't I? <laughs> Anyways. Um, I spent too much time down so in southern Indiana today. It's kind of affected my talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Red Robin, they came out with their response. They they tweeted out, uh, we're serious about pancakes. We're as serious about pancakes as IHOB is about burgers. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, try to order a, wa a pancake at Red Robin, and they'll look at you like, what? Have you never been here before? White Castle, they came out with, uh, we're excited to announce that we will be switching our name to Pancake Castle. <laughs> Wendy's did a couple of great responses. The first one is, um, remember when you were like seven and thought changing your name to Thunder Bear Sword would be super cool? This is like that, but our cheeseburgers are still better. <laughs> <laughs> No, they're not really. <laughs> no, sorry, White Castle. I hate to burst your bubble, but your cheeseburgers are like cardboard on a bun. Yes, that is true. Tilly's Bar and Grill said we do. You, you get, ladies and gentlemen, hang on. I got to break in here. Okay. You want a good slider? You come to Fort Wayne. You find Powers Hamburgers on Hobson on um, Harrison. Harrison. You find Powers Hamburger on Harrison right across from the Lincoln Life Building. Then you will never want. A White Castle burger. Oh, yeah, yeah. White, White Castle got their idea, actually, from Powers. From Powers. <laughs> from Powers Amber. Yeah. So there's, there's, quite a, there's quite a storied history there between Powers and White Castle. There's a reason that there is not a White Castle hamburgers <laughs> in Fort Wayne, Indiana, because it'll never, ever, ever survive. It won't fly, White no. Castle, our Powers Hamburgers has been on Harrison for 70 five years uh yeah no yeah uh, about that it yeah it opened yeah. 1949 ira no 1939 49 it opened up after the war you're mm. thinking you're thinking of coney island okay yeah it, yeah yeah right that's right thing, yeah. the white castle or the powers hamburgers opened night right after world war ii yeah that's right okay anyways anyways unimportant anyways so Chili's Bar and Grill, they said, uh, we do make some pretty delicious crispers and waffles, but we didn't change our name to waffles. <laughs> Netflix even got involved. They said, be right back, changing my name to Netflib. <laughs> <laughs> and then probably the best response that I've seen so far is uh, somebody on Twitter said, so at Wendy's, you're just going to let at IHOB sell burgers on your block? I thought you were the OG. And Wendy's responded with, not really afraid of the burgers from a place that decided pancakes were too hard. <laughs> Best response ever. <laughs> ever. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, you, you are. You are literally 
take it. You're going to, you know, your core customers are going to be like, what's this IHOP thing? Isn't this I? <laughs> right. This, wasn't there an IHOP here just yesterday? Right, exactly. And like I said, this may be a temporary thing. There's there's some rumors that are out there that this IHOP thing is like temporary just to uh, drive some business their way. And, you know, hey, maybe it'll work. I mean, no, hey, it's got us no PR is, no PR is bad PR, right? I mean, we've just been we've just been doing an advertisement them. for the past ten minutes for IHOP. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not only them, but every other restaurant that's getting on the bad <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> So anyways, well, let's go ahead and hit a break here real quick. And when we come back, I've got some other things that we've got to discuss. How's that sound to you, Joe? Sounds fine. <laughs> oh, we are definitely going off in a, in a very odd direction. A very odd direction. But when is that anything outside of the norm for us there, Joe? <laughs> so if you guys want to call in, 260-494-3937 is the call-in number. Skype line is JDA Film. As always, we're over in the chat room at LM Radio Network. Dot com. We'll be right back, folks. Stick around. When we come back, we're going to get into some Trump discussion. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. This is Jason Bland, host of Paranormal Soup on Late Night in the Midlands Radio Network. And we're streaming as a webcast to our Facebook page, Midwest Paranormal Presents Paranormal Soup, where you have guests who will blow your mind, live ghost box sessions where you can call in to see if the spirits will talk to you, and the World Wide Web of Weird with the latest in paranormal news and evidence. We're bringing the weird every Sunday night, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern on the LNM Radio Network. From the author of Silent Steps and Haunted, finding an explanation for the unknown, comes a story so chilling it will haunt you for years to come. Krista is a young woman escaping her past, running away from her family, her traumas, and her god, hoping to find a new life in a different town. But when she is forced to make a horrible choice, she comes to realize malevolent entities have controlled the true darkness she has been a part of. That is when her real terror begins. Penitence is disturbing and evocative. It will tear down the walls between what is real and what is nightmare. Penitence is the new novel by the man called the new master of speculative fiction, Ira Robinson. Find it and all of his books at his website, originalworlds.com. Great fear and trembling shall seize them, even to the ends of the earth. The earth shall be hurt, and all things which rhyme and perish, while judgment shall come upon all, even upon all the righteous. 
Behold, he comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon him and destroy the wicked. Yet as God has appointed, so are all things brought to pass. No peace shall be to you. Do you need toner for your Epson, Hewlett-Packard, Canon, Brother, Apple, or Sharp printers? Look no further than Laser Technologies. In business for over 20 years, they offer the lowest prices on toner on the web. They can also repair your laser printers and toners fast and easy. Call their expert staff today at 561-792-9600 or email us at service at laser-technologies.com for all your toner needs. All toner is shipped nationwide. Why wait? Get the lowest prices on Toner. Call or email us today.
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Brothers at Arms. My name is Ira Robinson. We're here as we always are with Joe Long. And if you want to join in with us, 260-494-3937 is the call-in number. Skype line is JDA Film. And as always, we're over in the chat room at lnmradionetwork.com. Come on over, join in with us, and get involved in the community. Joe, we are back, and we do have a call that came in uh, during the break there. That's why we took a little bit longer there. We were trying to get him in. Uh, it's uh, a CR, <laughs> Colonel Rebel. Welcome. It's been been a long time since you've joined in with us, brother. Hey, guys. I'm calling you from a Amiga card in the middle of a Kroger store, the bakery aisle. <laughs> uh, you know, you said y'all were going to talk about Trump. I wanted to tell you what happened Monday. I had to go to the West Clinic to get an iron infusion, and there was a lady when her mother sat down beside me, and we started talking, and Pretty soon, the conversation turned to politics, and she I said something about Trump, and she said, well, I'm a Hillary supporter. And then she proceeded to you know, feed off that tripe that they've been fed for a couple of months and all. And I said, well, I'm a Trump supporter, and I believe he's uh, upheld a lot of his promises and fulfilled them. And I said, that's funny. When the president would wants to fulfill promises, they want to kick him out of the office, and when he don't, they want to keep him and then kiss his butt. <laughs> and she said something, and I said, well, you're a Hillary supporter, I'm a Trump supporter. I said, we'll just agree to disagree and hug each other and call each other friends. And after that, she never said another word about it. She didn't bring <laughs> it up. <laughs> so you you tell them that you still hug them and love them and they'll they'll shut that crap off in a heartbeat and yeah. then they don't want to say nothing else. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of funny because actually yesterday in the chat room I was having a conversation with people and uh, that was one of the things that I kept bringing up was, you know, you can't fight hatred with hatred it's not going to work all nope. you're going to do is feed it and it just becomes a big circle you know big vicious circle you got to hit it with the opposite and if emotion I'd have kept on, she would have been trolling me left and right but i just yeah. knew how to cut her off real quick yep exactly and that's they all don't, it took they I don't said, know how hey, to i'll hug you and still call you my friend and that ended it but she didn't want to hear anything after that <laughs> they, uh, you know, mother talked to me but she hardly said a word to me after that <laughs> so it try, I guess it shut down her little uh, uh, I'm going to go on a rant about Trump speech. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. They disempowered her right there. Love it. That's how that's how to do it, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And the look on her face when I told her, I said, I voted for him. I'll vote for him again. She had nothing else to say. <laughs> okay. I'd vote for him but again. But anyway. He's the he's yeah. only candidate and now president that has ever you know really in a very long time that has done you know he is attempting to keep the promises that he made on the campaign yeah, trail yeah yeah exactly the only other yeah, one you, the only other you one you know he's not gonna get them all in we know that he's not <laughs> he gonna can't fulfill everyone he's at least trying yeah he's at least making the attempt and i i like uh i like rasley's response in there i can remember in recent history that did the same thing was a man that I consider the greatest president that this country's had, and Ira doesn't. <laughs> would that be Ronald Wilson Reagan? Reagan. Yeah. That would be him. Yep. <laughs> and again, well, he he did look, get more accomplished than than Jimmy Carter, and we we can agree on that. Yeah. Absolutely. But look at the backlash that was against Reagan. 
that he had this same type of it backlash. Was, yeah, it was the same thing. Yeah. Because he was the outsider. He came from the world of entertainment. Yes, yeah. he had yeah. been the governor of California. But he was, and that was even a fight because he, you know, he was a no nonsense, you know, stick to your guns person. You know, give also given the fact that he had Alzheimer's when he was in office doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, I like uh, I like Rasley's response in the uh, chat room. He said, uh, "Don't fight hatred with hatred. Fight it with a burger." Well, I mean that would definitely be effective. You could shove it right in their mouth and, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, have a burger. <laughs> uh, sorry, the, I gotta say something. Sorry, did you, did you see where the day hit two guys in Sweden or Norway or somewhere? Uh, uh, voted uh, for Trump to get the Nobel Peace Prize yes, because of what yeah. he did in North Korea. Yep, and in fact, I, that's that's where well, if we can give it to the long-legged Mac Daddy for doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, for doing absolutely nothing for just getting elected. Whereas Malia, a girl who's done more for for peace and ensuring that uh, that girls are protected around the world, gets absolutely nothing. You know, I mean, that's at the same. He he got it. She didn't. I mean, that's that's really ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I was going to go into um, Trump. He acts. He has done more to stabilize the Middle East and North and the Korean Peninsula than any president before him. And if you get down to it, they did the same thing, not only for him, but for Bill Clinton. They bend over and kissed his butt. And he could do no wrong. Technically, they said he was the first black president, even though he wasn't black, but he catered to them. So, you know, uh, and that's no offense to anybody out there of color. I'm just stating the fact he catered to the black community. He got their votes and then he. He basically he screwed him. Punched him in the gut, yeah. just like Obama did. He yeah. got in there and said, "Oh, I'll help you, I'll help you." And then he's like, "Screw you! I yep. don't need you now." Yep, exactly. I've got the the position. The thing is, people bending over bending over for Bill Clinton was. Uh, oh, wait a minute! I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but but now think think he about enjoyed, this too. Enjoyed that okay, you you got that big mouth actor. Uh, Robert De Niro out there spouting crap about Trump. And would he give up his acting career and all the stuff that he's been doing and, and donate his salary to charity and live off what he's already made? Or would he go in there and try to make every dime he could? You know, and I know he'd be trying to take advantage of the position. Yeah, he'd take every dime he could. And, you know, I used to have respect for De Niro. I liked him as an actor. I liked the roles he did. Now, I won't watch one of his movies. I don't want to watch any of them either. I, I don't believe he calls the man a pig and everything else, but he's just as bad when it comes to money. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. You know, De Niro, everybody, oh, De Niro was the gangster's, you know, was a gangster's gangster. No, that's Pacino. Al Pacino is a much better gangster than De Niro ever will even think about being. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well I guess my he thing is because Joe he was in Goodfellas, he was so great. Does a better job. 
than De Niro. Well, my thing is, as far as as far as De Niro and all these other actors and actresses and musicians and so on and so forth that come out talking politics. Look, you guys, and we've talked about this before, Joe. You guys are there for one thing: to entertain the masses. That's it. As far as your politics goes, I don't care. Your politics mean as much or as little to me as as Joe's politics mean as much or as little to me. <laughs> it's actually well, 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 than theirs do. Look at Kim Kardashian. She's here in Memphis. So she was here yesterday and, and the other. Now her thing is going around and trying to get people out of jail that's in jail, women out of jail. When did she become a humanitarian? You sure <laughs> right. wasn't when she married that piece of trash Conway U. West. Right. Nope. Right, exactly. But, but, but seriously, what, what's her deal now? Is she getting any publicity because of it? Or, or does she think she can twist somebody's ear to do her bidding? I mean, what's, what's in it for her? That's a good question. Well, I have no idea what's in it for her. But I mean, the fact that she that she did it is, you know, it's I commend her for that. I commend her for bringing certain things to Trump's attention and the fact that Trump with her and listened to her and took it under advisement. You think that uh, the long-legged Mac Daddy, Mr. Strut, Mr. Strut, Strut would do that? Well, my thing is, you know, every every actor. The thing is, did he do that? Did no. he do anything to get these people who were wrongly convicted or shouldn't be in prison? No, he had the power to give them clemency. He gave them he had the power to, to pardon them, but he did literally nothing. He Absolutely. he freed he freed drug dealers. <laughs> That's what he freed. Yeah. He freed drug dealers, but he, you know, he we, no, any of these people like yeah, this, he, he, he didn't tra- do anything He traded for uh, uh, dead gum uh, terrorists for hostages, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Instead of doing something, you know, yeah, he traded for hostages instead of using, hmm, isn't there, a, I believe there's a power that he had, a force that he could have per- brought to bear. Uh, oh, yeah. It's called the Navy SEALs. <laughs> Man, look at it this way, Joe. I, I said it in the chat room the other night, and I'll stand by it. I think Trump threatened to stick one of those minute-made missiles up his uh, ungreased well, rectum you know, and aim him toward Mars and shoot him that way. And I think he decided, I don't want that. Funnily enough, funnily <laughs> enough, I was him. funnily enough, I was going to bring exactly that kind of thing up because um, uh, when we got into the the denuclearization stuff, um, you know, I've got the responses from people on Capitol Hill uh, regarding what happened there, and and one of the things that that I was thinking when all of this happened because one of the okay. At the heart of the negotiations was the complete, verifiable, and irreversible denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula in exchange for, quote, security guarantees for the North's mercurial leader, Kim Jong-un. Now, my question uh, as far as that went was, okay, so what's this security guarantee that Un was given? Was it maybe uh, photos or video, like real-time video, uh, taken through a sniper's lens of Un from different angles and locations and told... Uh, do this or tomorrow this happens. You know, would that be the security guarantee that he was given? <laughs> I mean, think about they, it. Basically, he was put in the crosshairs. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, That's yeah, what I'm saying. Because the best trained soldiers on the planet, and some of them are, to quote, uh, to quote a line from heart from a, a from a great Marine movie. What is it that a Marine Corps sniper is? We're sneaky as hell, sir. <laughs> 
<laughs> but here's the thing, okay? So while while President Trump was busy negotiating the denuclearization of North Korea, what was what was going on in the mainstream media? CNN was busy talking about how expensive the summit's lunch menu was. Uh, I mean, is world peace not like important? Is is the cost of shrimp and ice cream more important? I mean. <laughs> The, what a ridiculous way! Instead of saying, "Hey, let, let's talk about what a good thing this could be. What 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 can what can happen with this?" You know, instead of right. doing that, no, let's let's bitch, whine, moan, and complain about, "Oh, this cost you know fifteen thousand dollars for this and twenty thousand dollars for that." And Aaron, really, come on. The thing is, yeah. So the taxpayers are paying for it, but if they if Trump really wanted to. He could have wrote the check himself. Dude, I, I would much rather pay $15 million to make sure to, for the lunch buffet to make sure that North Korea stops its nuclear program and stops its horse crap than, than, than $15 million that's been pissed away, uh, you know, towards towards some of these other uh, things the government has been spending on, such as $2.6 million, such as $2.6 million being given to Chinese prostitutes to teach them to drink more responsibly. That happened, by the way, folks. Or the $550,000 to create a video game with a strong female character. Yeah, yeah. Or phone the CIA and, hey, give them prostitutes. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I... Uh, if, if it takes $15 million for the lunch menu to make sure this kind of thing happens, I'm all for it. That's $15 million Absolutely. well spent in my head. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially yeah, in comparison, already, you know, Joe. Joe brought up the fact that that, that line that he liked was uh, that one, and when I think of Kim Jong Un, I think of the line that you, the best part of you ran down your mama's ass and ended up a brown stain on the bed sheet. I think you've been cheated. <laughs> <laughs> Real I mean, uh, you know, he, he's definitely uh, lacking something. Somebody in the uh, chat room. You, gotta, you can't argue with Gunnery Sergeant R. Lee Emery. Just can't no, argue. And I, I, I said that he died here recently, but he was a good man. Yeah. Somebody, was, I think, I mean, he, I would have, I was just talking about this with Jenny the other day. I would have loved to see what he had to say about Trump. Cause I think he would have liked Trump. Well, the other one that I think that I would love to have heard is Robin. Can you imagine <laughs> just think about that for a minute? What Rob the hay? I mean, yeah, Robin Williams was a fairly conservative guy. I mean, he ripped Obama left, right, and center. But then again, he ripped everybody left, right, and center. But his politics were conservative. He was a very he was by and large a very conservative man. Yeah, and he would he used to rip Trump long before he became a president. I mean, most of the jokes that we get about Trump's hair we got from Robin. Yeah, exactly. And, but and then the, you had the Carlin who who said the first thing when my government tells me something, I don't believe a word they're saying. So yeah. you got well, them on both sides as neutral. Saying for years, I would have loved to see what George Carlin did with the long legged Mac Daddy. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. Would have been golden. I I like listen. Gold. One of the one of the people in the chat room they they brought up a point that I was going to make with this all too, and and I think that. He's he's on point with this because again, this is what I was going to bring up. What have the other presidents that have been before him done about the North Korean situation? Nothing. This this whole situation has been going on for the past seven decades almost, right? The 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 the, the, the conflict ended in 1952. The, this 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 family well, has been in the last president that dealt with it, I Eisenhower. Yeah, the uh, 
So, the, um, it was during the administration when all this started, and there's been nothing done. It's been swept under the rug yeah, for so many years. Everybody has been either ignoring it or, or oh, we get a little bit of saber rattling maybe in between, you know, depending on whether it was, uh, you know, Bush that was in or whatever. But listen, I mean, the, the thing is, this is the, this is the only guy, this is the only, the guy that has, that has actually done something about mm. North Korea. Okay. Everybody else has been has been quaking in their freaking boots over. Oh well, we can't offend China. We can't offend Russia. You know. Well, the thing it comes down to is this: the Korean conflict was from June of 1950 to July of 53, and they never it it never ended. It never actually, ended. It actually was June of 1950 to June of 2017. Yep, because the Korean War, the Korean conflict, they had a armistice, a, a ceasefire. Yep, and everybody went home. They, that's when they created the de, the demilitarized zone, and everybody went home. Trump got the war officially ended with the peace treaty that was signed by Kim Jong Un. Exactly. Exactly. Can, so, can I ask you something, though? Yeah. Do you think China and Japan may have had a little muscle back in Trump up? Oh, I don't doubt it. Yes, I, I absolutely I do. I mean, it, listen, if you think about it, look look at what happened last year, okay? Look at what happened last year. China uh, and Un had a had a meeting. You know, China and North Korea, they got together, they had a meeting, and right afterwards... Uh, North Korea basically started to very, very, very much tone things down. Okay. Right. Because before that little meeting with China, there was some serious, I mean, old Uni was sitting there going, I will nuke Hawaii. Yeah. I'm going to nuke everything. Everybody's going to die. I'm going to nuke everything. And China said, no, 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 no. <laughs> this ain't right. happening, they, buddy. China realized the first nuclear missile that was launched from Korea, North Korea the United States would have wiped the entire Asian continent well, off the and, map. And let's be fair. Let's be fair. China may have looked at things uh, uh, that are going on over here and, and said, okay, this guy that's in office, he's one crazy. We're, we're not going to mess with him. You better back yourself down right now. This guy ain't Obama, and this guy ain't Bush. That's the same thing. They say he ain't got nothing to lose because he ain't affiliated with really either party. He's a businessman, a total outsider, and even if he has to do it by himself, he is a man that gets things done. Absolutely. And that's the same thing that happened with Reagan because if you look, Reagan was elected. There was, you know, Russia was invading everything in the Eastern Bloc, was invading Poland, everything. Reagan gets elected. Russia pulled back. Exactly. Russia pulled back real quick because Reagan was a simple, quite simply was the outsider was an unknown quantity and it would have had no problem blowing Russia off the map. Man, every time man, I think about that, I think about that song that, uh, um, uh, what is it? You got from Genesis, uh, confusion. Yes. Yeah, land of confusion. And where he's, where he's puppet pushing the button. <laughs> right. And it was supposed to be the alarm clock. <laughs> or it was supposed to be the nurse's button, whatever it was. But either way, pushing and, and launched the nukes. Exactly. Phil but Collins. That's who I'm thinking of. Phil yeah, Collins. Yeah, Phil Collins, yeah. 
But what I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying is I think absolutely you're absolutely right, Ira. China looks over and says, looked at who got elected and was like, hmm. Hey, Uni. This guy's this guy's crazy what? enough to push the button. <laughs> Trump didn't have a chance and Hillary had it locked up. I think it I think was all her way. I think they Man, had boy. I think they had the fear in their heads of this guy has the ability and the the, the nuts to push the button first. Right. <laughs> I don't think they were worried about Trump pushing the button. I think they were worried about Trump sending every single piece of armor that is sitting along the yeah. DMZ. <laughs> Right in, in, gang. in yes, exactly. Now he would have done see, it. They they were scared if Trump got elected, uh, all their little agendas would go bye bye. Yeah, the little backwater deals, the money in the back pockets, the payoffs, and for for the most part, it did. But yeah. but then think about it: the position of a representative is to be there, represent, and go home to work in the private sector. It yes. was never meant to be a lifelong job or career. Yeah, that's something else that we have talked about many is times. That there needs to be severe term limits, and it needs to be like a lot of other countries on this planet where politics is a term of service, not a career. Exactly. So I mean, I've got because you, you had too many Strom Thurmonds and then what was that other Orrin guy? Hatch. Uh, Orrin Hatch. Uh, uh, the wild was one from Mississippi. Orrin Hatch, a man. That good guy. Good old boy system. Orrin that guy's Hatch, been yeah, in there since since World War One, man. I, I swear. Anyways, uh, here here's the thing. Okay, so so there were uh, a lot of responses from Capitol Hill, you know, all about this whole summit and everything. And I thought that it'd be interesting to uh, tell you guys some of their some of their thoughts. So uh, uh, Senator Mike Rounds, he said, "Good news coming from Singapore." POTUS has made early strides in making our world a safer place. A lot of work to do yet, though. Uh, Jackie Spear said, uh, POTUS deserves credit for agreeing to North Korea summit and deserves shame for throwing a hissy fit with our closest allies and using such degrading language. This must be more than a photo op with Kim. We demand rigorous verification of denuclearization within 24 or with 24 hour monitoring and no boundaries. Okay, first of all, that ain't going to happen. You know, the whole 24-hour monitor, no boundaries, that ain't going to happen. You know that. You think that the most rigid dictatorial regime on the planet is going to allow that? <laughs> She's tr- you know, they're trying to undermine it. Yeah, they're yeah, trying yeah. to. They're, again, they're looking for anything, anything that they can say. Anything that they can say. Uh, Representative Harry. What he did at the G7 needed to be done years ago. Yep. Harry Quiller said a few weeks ago, I joined a delegation from the U.S. to meet with the honorable PM of uh, Singapore um, and uh, uh, Vivian Bala. In light of President Trump and Kim's meeting at the North Korean summit, I hope this summit results in a safe and stable region. Um, Let me see here. Notice you're reading compliments from senators. You're not reading compliments from Democratic senators because they're a dead set against anything the Republican Party even suggests. Well, here's here's some of the more pessimistic ones. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham said he did not have an issue with halting joint military exercises between the U.S. and South Korea while discussions with North Korea continued. But he said that Trump would face opposition to any move to withdraw American forces from South Korea. 
<clears throat> he said, quote, I'm willing to do a lot of things to get Kim to give up uh, nuclear weapons and end their missile program. You know, he can have a membership at Trump National. I really don't care how generous we are as long as we don't go too far when it comes to our troop presence. At the end of the day, this is the last best chance to end this conflict without a war. So, I agree. Yeah, and I'm not saying we pull our pull our troops out of out of South Korea. No. There's an old saying, and it comes from Ronald Reagan. Trust but verify. Yeah, exactly. Senator John Cornyn said uh Many atrocities under Kim Jong Un, uh, indoctrination, prison gulags, executions. Why are we dealing with them? Um, he said, "You know, what, just a reminder of who we're dealing with." Yes, exactly. That's not wrong. Uh, no, but <laughs> um, another one. Marco Rubio said we should be skeptical of any deal with KJU limits to future strategic weapons instead of eliminating current program. Not an acceptable outcome. Hope I'm wrong, but I still believe they will never give up nukes and ICBMs unless we believe failure to do so triggers regime-ending reactions. And I don't so some guarded word out of Rubio's mouth after what he did in the campaign. So, so some guarded uh, pessimism, you know, from from some of them. Um, uh, well, think, truthfully, there does need to be regime change in North Korea. There really does. Oh, and and you got to love how Obama's getting all getting credit for stuff too, right? Because there there was two of them, two of them that decided to give Obama credit with this too. What uh, did to do with anything? Let the real Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un burrow it all out at all they like. I welcome Barack Obama's idea of engaging our enemies. But if this doesn't lead to denuclearization, it's a colossal waste of time and will cause irreparable harm to America's reputation. If only Barack Obama had negotiated a deal to denuclearize an enemy of America that had weapons pointed at us and our allies. Wait, what? He did? And then, and then said, and then said wait, what? He did? Eight of them, what? millions and millions of dollars and did they give up their nukes no and then there was one key word in what you just said yeah no no no. but then he said wait what he did oh yeah that's right and then he said i hope uh north korean summit ends north korea's nukes if not it's the biggest american foreign policy failure ever (laughs) well he might have been talking about obama being a failure because that's exactly what he was yep i got two years of it for foreign policy failures or three words bay of pigs chris murphy said kim's gulags public executions planned starvation are legitimized on the world stage with this the united states has given up one of our biggest negotiating chips military exercises north korea ends up backtracking on previous promises on denuclearization what the hell so if they backtrack on this we 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 very can you know say he doesn't do it he breaks the deal. We send a few aircraft carriers into the region and we start doing military exercises. Brian Schartz said, uh, I love the name. <laughs> In less than a week, President Trump has turned our relationship with the Western world upside down and he believes what a, or and developed what appeared to be a true friendship with one of the cruelest despots on the planet. America first is undermining our values and our interests. So what did we get? Did we, did we get something later? Because it looks like Kim Jong-un got all the stuff. What is our, uh, does our stuff get announced in a few months? What did Kim Jong-un get? Can somebody tell me what he got? And then uh, Steve Cohen said, why do I feel this has been one of the ballyhooed, one ballyhooed expensive bilateral con job? Uh, Steve Cohen is a con job. He's from my <laughs> area right here in Memphis. 
and he put in the lottery so he could get guaranteed money for the rest of his life. Yeah. He's making a lot of money off of the lottery he has for the last five or six years. So don't trust anything he says. I don't trust anything most politicians say. I don't trust anything that well, anybody especially says. Especially him. He, he, he's, he's running around here telling everybody what he's going to do for him, but he does nothing but run his mouth. I, uh, so I can vouch for that. I don't trust anything that anybody says. Uh, unless I can verify it for myself, I don't trust it. Um, I wanted well, to also, him. in these in these moments here, before we hit our break here, I wanted to uh, make sure to do this too. I've, I've got... I guess what you could say is the president's notable accomplishments so far, which is, you know, there there are a lot of things that he's tried to do and failed um, because of the controlled opposition that's going on with all of this, right? Wait a minute. Before we – maybe you can tell me this after the break. What exactly did Kim Jong-un get? So we're not running military exercises in that's, his area. That's literally basically it, that, that uh, we're yeah. not doing the exercises now. Big deal. Yeah. Ira, I want to say one more thing before the break, and I'm going to let y'all go. Uh, it, when it comes down to it, I think that Trump realizes that when he appointed Jeff Sessions, a lot of stuff that might have gone through was going to get killed because of him. And now he thinks, uh, I need to get rid of this guy. Remember, he brought up America, uh, medical marijuana and some other things, yeah. and this guy has just shut it down. So getting rid of him may still save the the, the, the dream, but yeah. uh, it's very doubtful at this point that it'll get done this term. If he gets reelected, I guarantee you he'll get somebody new, and, and you might see some, some things you didn't think would actually – get past yeah well i i you know he he actually is here in town today uh yeah <laughs> anyways yeah i i don't disagree with you there uh really i i don't um but i i do want to thank you for calling in tonight it's really appreciated and i'll tell you i'm so glad that you're feeling better brother and uh we're praying well, for I your miss wife you guys and 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 good news on my wife said looks like she's gonna get out of the hospital tomorrow so Awesome. I just wanted to let everybody know that. Thank you for your prayers for my wife. Uh, she she looks like she's got a fungal infection in her lungs and not cancer or TB. That is good news to hear, yes. And we're going to definitely be praying for her to, to get feeling better, that's for sure. Thank you so much, brother. We appreciate it. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you all another time. You too. Be safe. You too. So there you go. He's awesome. I love it when he calls in. <laughs> Um, again, though, I want to I want to make sure to to get out these um, little accomplishments that he's done. Um, I thought it was interesting too because they the the article that I found with this they did a comparison with uh, with things. They said when uh, when FDR was elected in the days after the depression, he promised big changes in the first hundred days. Much of what FDR tried to do was struck down by the Supreme Court. When we compare what President Trump has done in his first 17 months, he has out-accomplished every president in American history and has done so in the face of a hostile media and the shadow deep state government opposing his every move. So, and that's not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. At so, all. This um this isn't a complete list. This is just some of the some of the highlights that he's done here in the past, you know, 17 or so months that he's been um in office. So, 
Number one, uh, the big one that we've just been discussing, you know, his ability to bring the leader of North Korea to the peace table alone is remarkable. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. It's not a small accomplishment that he just did. And there are a lot of people right now that are trying to spin it in every direction that they can because he just kicked their asses in a big yeah. way. They're trying to they're trying to lay this accomplishment on everybody but him. Yes. Including the long-legged Mac Daddy who had nothing to do with it. Yes. Yes. Now, their people will benefit economically. The North Korean regime will lose their need to be a militarily aggressive nation because the military was North Korea's only real industry. Yeah. And uh, by the way, President Carter, um, Jimmy Carter, is in agreement that Trump should win the Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. And he's advocating for it in a big way. Wow. Yeah. You mean, hello, my name is Jimmy Carter. I'm a peanut farmer that got elected because of the UAW. Now, <laughs> one side effect of that I didn't bring up with the North Korea stuff, one side effect of it is that by bringing North Korea into this position, Trump has neutered China's main military stooge. Yeah. China needed North Korea to be the bad guy so that they don't get their hands dirty. Right. And now, if China wants to get nasty with somebody, they have say, to do it themselves. Say, like, Taiwan? Yeah. They have to do it themselves. So this actually is going to destabilize, militarily speaking, that whole region. Yeah, it's going to make China go uh, crud. Actually, no, it'll stabilize the region because you don't have to worry about that about the crazy boy in, in Pyongyang. Yeah. Now, one thing as well, and I know you and I have both looked very closely, high and low, for exacting examples of Donald Trump being racist. Absolutely. Despite the media's allegations to the contrary, neither you nor I nor anybody that I know of can find the evidence of this racism that he's always accused of. Right? In fact... In fact, one of the things that that uh, these propagandists can't take away from Donald Trump is that in the past 17 months, he's overseen the highest black employment rate in American history. Yeah, that's something. And I'll talk. uh, I've got the uh, I've got a little story later for the uh, weekly jobless claims. <clears throat> so, but we discuss that later. He's set up mentoring programs at federal expense in urban neighborhoods. Good That's for him. something. And in fact, uh, black voter support of Trump has grown from eleven percent to twenty-five percent. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting, you know. Now, and you know, his popularity, his approval numbers are increasing. Weekly, not decreasing, increasing, which is causing everybody from the 
head of the DNC on down to quiver. <laughs> and the lamestream media is going nuts. So here's something else that's interesting. I don't know if you paid any attention at the recent G7 conference. Trump was outnumbered there six to one. Everybody yeah. from Merkel to Marconi to that terrorist George Soros uh, said that Trump was months. interfering with the order of things. <laughs> In other words, the new world order of things. Uh, right. <laughs> or should we say the old world order of things? The new world order is is the old world order. Um, right. So you mean you mean Soros was at the G7 conference? <laughs> well, no, no, no. They, these are these are the people that were that were talking aloud. Oh, but uh, <laughs> you mean old? Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. Indeed, indeed. Um, but th- we need to find a new one because his vision is rather cloudy. <laughs> you know, his foreseeing is not really working out real well for him, is it? Nope. And Trump, I mean, basically by his actions told the G7 summit to go to hell. Yeah. No matter no matter what they were pushing at him, no matter what they wanted, he told them flat out, "No. Go to hell. We're not paying for our own demise. We're not doing the TPP. We're not doing other trade agreements." And I'm glad. I am so cuz there you know Obama was really pushing the TPP. He was really he oh, was yeah. going to try to bring that even though the Congress had voted it down. He was pushing to bring it back. And Trump literally told him, "Bye. You can take the TPP and shove it up your nose." So, yeah, I mean exactly. The the again, Trump has done more he's told, he's told the he's told the un we're not paying you're gonna if you want our troops you're gonna pay for them yep which i per- personally think the un they should just disband the un because it doesn't do a damn bit of good and redevelop you know some you know prime lower manhattan real estate mm-hmm. and i know trump would probably trump's organization would probably buy it <laughs> <laughs> So one other thing that I wanted to bring up before we hit the break here is uh, uh, the stupidity, again, of the mainstream media as they focus on uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s new relationship. Uh, I mean, it's like it's it's crazy how much focus they've been putting on to this. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard? I mean, have you heard anything about it? Not really. Uh, I try to ignore some of the, most of that stuff because it's just. So apparently, he's dating Kimberly uh, Gifoyle, uh mm-hmm. from from Fox News. She's a news host and uh, ex-wife of Gavin Newsom. Okay. Okay. Uh, the New York Daily, uh, the New York Times, sorry, uh, ran an opinion piece arguing that the relationship poses a conflict of interest for Gifoyle, as she often comments about Trump's related matters on TV, and that Fox should immediately fire her for dating Donald Trump Jr. Why? Exactly. Why? Exactly. So she's dating the son of the president. Big deal. 
So Donald Jr. in response to this wrote, uh, this is liberal privilege at its finest. Um, <laughs> he also said, uh, um, Guy Foyle is actually an opinion host and not a news reporter. Her relationship with the president's eldest son poses no conflict of interest. The article also cited several other examples of journalists having romantic relationships with political figures and argued that calling for Gifoyle to be hired or fired is not only unjustified, it's a hit job. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because Vanessa Trump, which is <laughs> his ex-wife, right, gave her opinion about this stuff. Now, this is this is this is what we see that is different in this family than all of the mainstream media pundits that are out there. Are you ready for this? Go for it. She said, the lengths people will go to to attack a woman simply because she's dating Don is ridiculous. We've been separated for over nine months and respect each other's decisions and privacy. We'll focus on raising our great kids. It'd be nice if the press did the same rather than obsess over our private lives. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing. How many... Okay. Let me just ask this. Now, I know they were younger, right? I know they were younger, but how many news pieces and so on and so forth did you see about Obama's kids? None. Absolutely none. Well, maybe one or two, but they were always in relation to the president on one of their many, 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 many taxpayer-funded vacations. Even when Hillary Clinton was running for president, how many articles did you see about Chelsea Clinton? None. You see, what's... The only thing you heard about Chelsea Clinton was when she came out at the Democratic National Convention and introduced her mom. Right. That's it. Right. So why so much care about who he dates or even anything that does go on Not with this him. stuff? Not only Donald Trump Jr., but all of his kids. That's what I mean. Yes. Exactly. Every single one of his kids is being targeted. Yep. I mean, it's getting absolutely ridiculous, Joe. I mean, if this is the way of doing things, what about putting out articles about Chelsea Clinton's husband and his ties to the Clinton Foundation, the Soros Foundations, and the Wall Street ties that he has? Where is that? Yeah. Nowhere. I mean, this is just, it's senseless as far as this mainstream media that we live in here. In America, it's senseless the way that they do things, and this is why we do the things that we do here. We're not we're not mainstream, we're not alternative, we are us. We are it. We are we are who we are, and if y'all don't like it, there's the door. You can listen to something else. Anyways, Joe, let's hit a break here real quick. And uh when we come back, I've got a lot more that I want to get into, and I know you've got a couple of things that you wanted to talk about as well. So let's go ahead and hit this break. And uh, if you guys want to call in and join with us as well, 260-494-3937 is the call-in number. Skype line is JDA Film. And as always, we're over in the chat room at lnmradionetwork.com. We'll be right back, folks. Computers don't make errors. 
What they do, they do on purpose. By now, your name and particulars have been fed into every laptop, desktop, mainframe, and supermarket scanner that collectively make up the global information conspiracy otherwise known as the beast. You just be careful. Computers have already beaten the communists at chess. Next thing you know, they'll be beating humans. The Late Night in the Midlands Radio Network is deeply devoted to you, the listener. We feel it is necessary to bring you all of the information that you can use in your life. Each and every day, you will find something to listen to here. And whether you come away from the shows informed, inspired, or entertained, it is our passion. We don't bow to corporations, and we don't have handlers to tell us what not to talk about. We bring you everything. Late Night in the Midlands, however, is fully listener-supported. We need your help to stay on the air and to make sure that we get the bills paid. We need your help to keep the truth alive. If you feel that you have gotten anything out of Late Night in the Midlands, we would appreciate your support. You can become a subscriber and help us out on a monthly basis, or if you'd like, a one-time donation is fully appreciated as well. Every year, the average household in America spends over $3,000 on entertainment alone. If you could help us with just a tiny fraction of that amount, you would make all of the difference. Go to LateNightInTheMidlands.com and click on the subscribe button. Thank you, and as always, keep yourself informed. The LNM Radio Network offers a chat room for you, the listener, to connect with others who are interested in the topics and guests that the LNM Radio Network brings to you. During the live shows, the hosts will even visit the chat room and chat with you, the listener. Click on the big red chat and listen button at the top of the website and join us. No subscription is needed at either LNMRadioNetwork.com or LateNightInTheMidlands.com. The LNM Radio Network is growing like wildfire. Here is your chance to get your message to the masses. We are the number one radio network in the land with 30 quality shows and counting. We are the best bet on the internet and the AM-FM dial, being carried by several stations and being heard in more than 100 countries. And who else can say they have Midnight in the Desert with Heather Wade? Exactly. So for more information on advertising with LNM Radio, just contact Michael Vera at MV at LateNightInTheMidlands.com or Ira Robinson at Feedback at OpenEyesNetwork.com. Again, MV at LateNightInTheMidlands.com or Feedback at OpenEyesNetwork.com. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. 
stood there bright as the sun on that California coast. He was a Midwestern boy on his own. She looked at him with those soft eyes so innocent and blue. He knew right then he was too far from home. Oh, those Hollywood nights, those Hollywood actors that decide they need to get their politics involved in everybody else. You got to love it, right, Joe? Welcome back to the show. My name is Ira. He's Joe. I love that song. Me too. Bob Seger. Yep. Hollywood nights. Love that song. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, if you guys want to call in, you can do so. 260-494-3937 is the call-in number. Joe, there was a Democrat that I think did something right. Impossible. It was, uh, it was a great idea he had on his part, and, and uh, you know, I wish I could have seen the results, but I, I missed it, I guess. Anyways, uh, let's see. A Democratic candidate for Colorado's 6th Congressional District on Denver's east side recorded a video in which he blasted himself in the face with pepper spray to promote non-firearm methods of (laughs) self-defense. I would have loved to seen that. I might have to try to hunt that down on YouTube and see if I can find it. (laughs) Because I would sit and laugh absolutely Oh, I would laugh uproariously at that because to me, Ira, pepper spray has become sort of the go-to for people with self-defense. What they what they don't tell you is it's not a hundred percent effective. Right. Pepper spray is not one hundred percent effective because there are a lot of people out there who the capsaicin, which is the active ingredient in pepper spray doesn't affect it doesn't work yeah exactly and I people mean, and, and if you're taking pepper spray and spraying it on her food yeah and if uh if and if they're hopped up if on used a lot if used a lot you can actually become accustomed to capsaicin and, and have it have no impact as well so right now because everybody oh it's mace it's mace no it's pepper spray m m3 chemical mace is illegal in most states in the United in most states. Even the police don't usually carry M- chemical mace anymore. They carry pepper spray. The only time you actually see them using what is considered mace is when they're lobbing tear gas grenades into somebody's house. Indeed. Indeed. Well, now, this I don't care who you are, I don't care who you are. You get nailed with chemical mace or uh, te- uh, tear gas. You're going down. <laughs> you're going to be having a bad day. Yes. <laughs> real, real bad day. Unless you're Bobcat Goldwaith, you know, from the police. Again. <laughs> <laughs> if you need me. <laughs> Indeed. Well, this, this brings me to, to another story. I kind of wanted to segue these two together. Um, if you really want to use a non-lethal alternative to a firearm, 
I recommend one thing. It's called a taser. You hit anybody with 50,000 volts of electrical energy, it's going to hurt. You're going to have a bad day there, too. You're having a bad day there, too. Up on something like PCP, and then they'll walk right through it. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're on PCP, you're walking through pretty much anything, up to and including a Mack truck. I mean. (laughs) Exactly. I've seen guys on PCP get have full clips unloaded into them, and they're still coming. They're still walking. Right. Exactly. All right. So the reason why I brought this up now, Joe, a lot of police departments out there, they've been doing these whole uh, gun buyback programs and stuff, right? Yeah, I've heard of them. They they work sort of. <laughs> well, they work sort of. Again, it's one of those that the people that are selling their guns back are, you know, usually law abiding citizens. Oh, I've got a couple of extra guns that I don't. I need the money. I don't really use them or anything, and they sell them their guns back. The, you know, um, they may get a few from gang bank. You know, from uh, people that have taken them from kids or from their. You know, they, you know, their kids are in a gang. Oh, I found a stash of guns. I'm going to go turn it in. And then they get themselves in trouble. But on the whole, you're not going to get a bunch of gang bangers turning in their firearms. Not for a hundred bucks. No, no, it's just not going to happen. Um, well, a, uh, a Chicago land event happened. The police department was putting on a, a gun buyback program and they, a group of individuals decided to, well, take advantage of it. They they wanted to uh, make use of it. And I don't know. Do you think this would be a positive outcome for a gun buyback program, Joe? Let me guess. They robbed them. <laughs> no. Uh, a group called Guns Save Lives brought home thousands of dollars to use for a uh, camp for children aged 10 to 16 Hosted by the National Rifle Association. Okay. <laughs> they raised like- thousands of dollars for the camp after trading in guns at the uh, event at New Life Covenant Church in Grand Crossing. Um, he was a, uh, the um, one of the leaders, the executive director of Gun Save Life, uh, John Bach, um, was able to trade in two guns for a hundred bucks each, and he said the other group members who went to the buyback were also able to trade in guns for money. Uh, <laughs> and then they donated it to the nra i yeah. love it i love it because <laughs> i can guarantee you yeah they may have traded in their guns yeah, a couple of guns here and there but i guarantee you they had more <laughs> yeah so so he's been doing this for a while apparently he um uh uh, basically, he said he said the guns that they've turned in at the events are mostly scrap. They're usually old and unusable. But even the newer ones that the Gun Save Lives member turned in were all broken down, all non-firing, missing parts and pieces. Some appeared to have been through fires or rusted beyond use. Uh, right. But, so he said. <laughs> so he said they had no effective value in the grand scheme of things. We went up there to trade our unwanted firearms for perfectly good cash to send young people to a National Rifle Association summer gun camp to teach them about the safe and effective use of firearms firearms absolutely sounds like a perfect use for it for me. i mean i you know i can't uh i can't really I've front them for this. this i mean I, I i agree with it i've said this before and i'll say it again guns don't kill people people kill people and the nra is the largest organization in the world that is teaching gun safety responsible gun use 
I mean, I was having a conversation yes the other day with one of my coworkers, and we were discussing guns, and he has several, I have several, and you know, he and I both agree guns don't kill people. And he also did not realize that the incoming president of the NRA is somebody you really don't want to mess with. Do you know who the new incoming president of the NRA is going to be, Ira? Yep, Oliver North. Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. This is a man you don't want to mess with because he doesn't play he doesn't play politics. This is a man who was literally hung out to dry in the Iran Contra in the Iran Contra scandal. He was hung out to dry and came out the other side smelling like a rose. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what direction the NRA goes with it. He's already, I mean, he's already said some of the directions they're going to go with it. But, uh, you know, the NRA, they've been um, taking in more members, like, since this whole uh, stuff has been going on over the past year. And since Trump took office, I mean, hell, the the thing has gotten six million members now. They've been getting more donations than they've ever had before. And you know, yep. it's yeah, whatever, you know, anyways. Um, so Bach said that his organization's members have gone to buybacks in and around the city for years. He estimates they've made about $12,000 from the various buybacks and he dismissed the trade in events as symbolism over substance. He said the guns oh, that get turned in uh, by by people aren't guns that gangbangers are out shooting with or criminals are out using to rob people with. These are junk guns or unwanted guns. And there are no real purposes for these gun buyback programs. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they're useless. They are absolutely useless. You're not getting gun. Oh, look, we're getting guns off the street. We're buying them back. It's a photo op. Yeah, exactly. Or unadulterated photo op. That's all it is. That's exactly my thought. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really sad to see the links that people go to fight guns and the safe use thereof yep tell us a little bit about what you've seen going on with that i mean it's i mean i've seen several of these they've done them here in fort wayne they've done them all over the country and you're you know what i have seen is you know you see the the little old man who needs a cup who needs some bucks for his kids for his grandkids birthday party taking in a gun that he's had that has been around since you know the civil war that is doesn't work hey you know i'll get a couple of bucks out of it for that or you know uh, you know husband you know the husband has died and the wife is a you know hates guns and sells instead of giving the guns to their kids, you know, takes them to one of these buyback programs and sells them all off. You're not getting your hardcore criminals selling guns. That just doesn't happen. It does not happen. And all it is, it's a big photo opportunity. You know, they make, they make a four-star production out of it in the media saying, Oh, look, we're doing something about, about guns. No, you're not. You're not doing a bloody thing about it. All you're doing is making making people feel better. That's all you're doing. It's a feel-good PR campaign, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's all it is. All it is is a feel-good campaign. 
So Jolene sent a message here, and uh, I'll read it off here. She said, uh, fireworks are acceptable. You hear safety warnings on fireworks, uh, and if people die from them, then it's an accident on not the fireworks' fault. Yet guns and fireworks both use gunpowder and were originally used to fight enemies with. Yet they, uh, the one is bad, and the other you can let little kids handle and no one bats an eye. Absolutely. She's absolutely <laughs> right with it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I drove up here from southern Indiana before this show. I passed at least 15 side-of-the-road fireworks stands between Liberty, Indiana and Markle, Indiana. 15 side-of-the-road fireworks stands. Now, can you imagine the uproar if I passed 15 side-of-the-road gun stands? I mean, where you know the hypocrisy is daunting. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. The hypocrisy is daunting in this because it is, you know, she's right. I mean, hell, fireworks are twice are. Ex- I would say fireworks are even more dangerous than guns because you don't know what's going to happen when you launch a firework. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them go off in the random directions. They, you know, how many times have you and I, you know, been, a, been pegged by a bottle rocket that went, try, that tried to go flying. Right. True. But then again, how many times have you and I have been pegged by a bottle rocket that was aimed at us? Well, that's true. I'm talking about the ones that weren't aimed directly right. at us. <laughs> right. Or, you know, I, how many YouTube videos and how many, news stories you see of these of people would have these just below commercial grade mortars that they like the thing and it blows up right in their face right oh yeah absolutely you know it's like uh what <laughs> or these morons that are out there with M80s and the the quarter sticks and you know big Berthas or whatever you want to call them <laughs> that are out there putting them in trash cans and blowing them apart. These massive, massive ones. Yes, exactly. You know, people say, "Oh well, people can get killed with a gun." Yeah, and they can get not only killed but maimed and horribly scarred from a firecracker. Hell, even a sparkler is uh, not exactly something I would let, you know, you will really want to mess with. Yeah, let's light a stick of burning magnesium and hand it to our children. You know, something that burns at about 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit that can cut steel, right? That seems like, that seems smart, doesn't it, Ira? It's a great that's, idea. It seems safe. It's a great idea, right? it's ridiculous (laughs) it is ridiculous yeah it really is and and again you know the the attitude that people have when it comes to guns is is really disturbing now me you know hey i i i love guns do do i not a big fan of guns well do no 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 no. i i love i love guns don't get me wrong i do i do i i don't i don't um think that everybody should have one but oh, i do not. but i mean there 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 are times and places for people to have one right as far as um uh, 
you don't want crazy to have a gun. Um, let me just put it to you that way. <laughs> oh, you got to look, Ira. You got to look. <laughs> you just got to look. I, you know, hey, if I was if I was having issues, I I wouldn't want a gun either. You know, I wouldn't want to do it voluntarily just because I, right. I wouldn't want to well, cause Ira, problems. You know, the idea of me taking you to a gun range and handing you my nine millimeter. Actually, I think that might be interesting. It could be. You, you'd you'd probably see some really interesting results. It might be interesting taking you to the gun range one day and handing you my 9mm and saying, okay, the target is seven yards in front of you. <laughs> Stay on target. <laughs> exactly. Stay on target. <laughs> so, I mean, so I mean, I've seen what you can do with a blowgun. Yes. A fly. Yeah. Indeed. So whatever target that I'd put up in front of you, I'd have to make sure it buzzed or did something. <laughs> <laughs> somehow annoyed me. Somehow annoyed me in some kind of way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It well, is absolutely ridiculous. And, and Razley in the chat room brings up a great point. He says, you know, guns, just look at the recent crime wave in the UK with knife crime. This is why a lot of people in the UK advocate us having guns for self-protection. Yes, exactly. I mean, what ha what's happening in the UK? What's happening in Australia? That's what's going to happen with us here in America if the, if the Second Amendment people, you know, have anything to say about it. Mm-hmm. It's to the point now where where uh, politicians over in the UK are advocating that they need to sell duller knives and that will solve the knife problem. Duller knives. Yes. I mean, what kind of ridiculousness is that kind okay. of stuff? Okay. I walk into a I walk into a sporting goods store in L in London. I buy a knife. Oh, it's not very sharp. I walk two rows over and I buy a sharpener. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what's going to happen? Are they going to call for bans on knife sharpeners now in the UK? Is, is knife sharpening? You know, oh, he's got a knife sharpener. We better watch out for him. He might be out to cause trouble. No, I'm not trying to cause trouble. I just like a knife that will cut my meat. Because if you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. <laughs> How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? Exactly. I mean, but that's that's what that's what it comes down to. Uh, you know, people are if, if somebody has violence in their mind. Good friend Tom from Australia has even said it. You know, they did ban certain things in Australia, yeah. certain gun types, certain clip types, and all it did was create a roaring black market. So all you did was hand the criminals a way to make more money. Exactly. And that it's may be partially intent. Here in the United States with prohibition. They outlawed alcohol. And what did it do? It gave right it made instant millionaires yeah. out of out of criminals and caused the rise of some of the bet of some of the it gave organized crime all the money you could ever use. Right. I mean, think about that for a second. Look at the city of Chicago. Exactly. You know, the city of Chicago is still dealing with the corruption and the criminal organizations that came about during Prohibition. We still haven't gotten rid of them. So, 
So if somebody has violence in their heart and mind. So, so they outlaw guns. Okay, fine. Yeah. And then they see a knife spike in knife cream. Okay, we're outlawing knives. Yeah. Then what are you going to do? Outlaw blunt objects? Are you going to outlaw sticks? Uh, is if, everybody going to have to pick up their rocks from their yard? I, like you were going to say, if they've got violence in their heart, they will find a way to hurt you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It doesn't take a gun to do that. A gun is nothing more than the tool that it is. It's a it's a tool that must be respected, but it's a tool nonetheless. Absolutely. Our friend, and speaking of our friend Tom, he just sent me a message and says, have you ever tried to cut a tomato with a blunt knife? <laughs> it's not easy. Yes, you have, Tom. Have, yes, I have. Have you, ever tried to, uh, have you ever tried to cut a, a, a fresh loaf of bread with a dull knife? It doesn't work very well. Get up with bread balls. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Have you ever tried to cut a tin can with a dull knife? Oh wait a minute, that's a Ginsu. <laughs> uh, yeah, why, why would why would people want to cut tin cans anyways, other than uh, Art Deco I stuff? No, I mean I've never understood that whole Ginsu marketing. <laughs> you know, that was one of those that was like it slices, it dices, it marinades, it does everything. <laughs> it dices, it dices, it makes julienne fries. You can cut through your Coke can. Hi. <laughs> I suppose Why? I suppose under the circumstances where, you know, if you if you uh, uh, couldn't get the can open, you know, because the tab fell off or something, I suppose maybe under those circumstances you could open it up. That but, might uh, be a reason, but that would be. I, I still wouldn't uh, put my lips on it, though. <laughs> Real good way to have a bad day. Anyways, <laughs> so let me let me get back to Trump here for a minute, because I got one more thing as far as Trump goes for you tonight, Joe. Okay. So, um, the newest, (laughs) the newest, uh, slings being thrown Trump's way. Okay. The New York attorney general today filed suit against president Trump and his three eldest children, alleging persistently illegal conduct at the president's personal charity, saying Trump repeatedly misused the nonprofit to pay off his businesses, creditors to decorate one of his golf clubs and to stage a multimillion dollar giveaway at his 2016 campaign events. Does he have proof of this? Well, this is uh, uh, filed by Attorney General Barbara Underwood. She asked a state judge to to dissolve the Donald J. Trump Foundation. She asked that its remaining one million in assets be distributed to other charities and that Trump be forced to pay at least two point eight million dollars in restitution and penalties. Underwood also asks that Trump be banned from leading any other New York nonprofit for 10 years, seeking to apply a penalty usually reserved for the operators of small-time charity frauds to the President of the United States. In, in the suit, Underwood noted that Trump had already paid more than $330,000 in reimbursements and penalty taxes since 2016. New York State began probing the Trump Foundation in response to an investigation by The Washington Post. But she asked the judge to go further and require Trump to pay millions more. She said a 20-month state investigation found that Trump had repeatedly violated laws that set the ground rules for tax-exempt foundations. Most importantly, that their money is meant to serve the public good and not to provide private benefits to their founders. This resulted in multiple violations of state and federal law, according to Underwood. Really? Multiple violations of state and federal law. Yet, from what I've been reading about this, because since you've been talking about it, this was a civil suit that was brought. Mm -hmm. Where are the criminal charges? 
Yes, exactly. You know, this is a civil suit, ladies and gentlemen. That means that this woman is not acting in her official capacity as the top law enforcement officer of the state of New York. If that was the case, there would be criminal indictments. Mood, la- bear. Mood lady in the chat room brought up, what about the uh, the uh, Clintons and their misuse of the Clinton Foundation? Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in that foundation have been misused. Look at Haiti. Look at the Haiti situation. Just as one example of the Clinton mm. Foundation's uh, little sniglets of problems. Um, now, here's where things get a little bit interesting. So Underwood said, or I'm sorry, Underwood was promoted to the position of Attorney General only a few weeks ago, succeeding Eric Schneiderman, a Democrat. After he resigned following allegations that he had physically abused several romantic partners, mm-hmm. Underwood was a career staffer, not an elected official. She has promised not to seek election for a full term, full term as attorney general in the fall. Oh, really? And she issued a written statement saying, as our investigation reveals, the Trump Foundation was little more than a checkbook for payments from Mr. Trump or his businesses to nonprofits, regardless of their purpose or legality. Where's your proof? Where is your proof on this? That's what I said. Where's the documentation? And why, if you are, if this is all so criminal, why is this in civil court? Why is this not in federal court? Right. Why is this not in a criminal court? Okay, so Underwood uh, also said that she sent letters to both the IRS and the Federal Election Commission identifying what she called, quote, possible violations of tax law and federal campaign law by Trump's foundation. Uh-huh. And where's the IRS or the tax? With everything that's going on, with all these investigations into the Trump thing, why is this not been, why, why aren't they on this like white on rice? Yeah. Because it's not true. It's another smear campaign. It's another, hey, look what the left hand's doing. Come on, watch the left hand. Don't watch the right hand as it comes over and grabs your wallet. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, She continues on. Uh, Let me see here. Underwood has jurisdiction over the Trump Foundation because the charity is based at Trump Tower in Manhattan and registered in New York State. Trump's children, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump were also named in the lawsuit because they have been official board members of the Donald J. Trump Foundation for years. Under the law, Underwood said, board members are supposed to scrutinize the charity spending for signs that its leader, in this case their father, was misusing the funds. But in reality, Underwood wrote, the three Trump children exercise no such oversight and they have not actually met since 1999. So, quote, the foundation's directors failed to meet basic fiduciary duties and abdicated all responsibility for ensuring that the foundation's assets were used in compliance with the law. So she asked the judge to ban each of the three from serving as a director of a New York nonprofit for a year. And it was not clear if any of the three are serving currently on the board of any such charities. Eric Trump, for instance, stepped down from the board of the Eric Trump Foundation after the election, and the charity was renamed Curativity. Okay. 
So although Trump's name is on the foundation in recent years, most of its money was not actually his. Trump did not give any donation to the Trump Foundation between 2008 and 2015. Instead, its largest benefactors in recent years have been wrestling moguls Vince and Linda McMahon, who gave $5 million total in 2007 and 2009. Linda McMahon was later appointed by Trump as head of the Small Business Administration, and the McMahons have declined to answer questions about the reasons for their gifts. So... Let's see what you think about all that, Jim. Man, who is the chairman and CEO of one of the largest entertainment companies in the United States, the WWE, and Donald Trump are actually, as much as their on-screen rivalries, good friends. And Linda McMahon, who is a perfect person to run the Small Business Administration, because she helped her husband take a regional wrestling company and turn it into a billion dollar industry. They don't need to explain their gifts. You know, like I said before, if this, if there was something criminal going on, why is this not in criminal court? Why is this being done in civil court? Can somebody explain that to me? Indeed, Where, indeed. Where's the criminal charges on this? I'm looking for an art, the article because I swear this was filed in civil court. I swear to God. I'll it send was. it to you after the show. We are actually out of time here, Joe. Well, any final thoughts that you want to give to the people tonight? <sighs> Wake up and smell what these people are shoveling. It's, I mean, it's nothing but a con job. Trump is doing the job that we elected him to do, and they are scared snotless about it. I mean, just look at what's going on. I mean, the, the, that's what you need to do. Wake up and look what's going on. <sighs> if you want to hear more from more of my thoughts, and I'm actually going to be talking about some very interesting things on Sunday at nine o'clock on the duct tape nation. I've got, uh, I've got a bunch of stuff that wasn't able to get to tonight. <laughs> I'll be talking about jobs. I'll be talking about uh, uh, our good friend De Niro. I've got a lot to say about him, and more on the uh, another another actor that is being dragged through the mud as far as this whole sexual assault craze is going on. If you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email at. Tape master at openeyesnetwork.com. Indeed, indeed. I hope everybody out there enjoyed the show tonight. Lots of information came out on this show, and hopefully uh, everybody was paying attention. Some really good stuff tonight, Joe. Thank you so much for being here, as always. <sighs> Tomorrow I will be live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with my guest, Louise Swan. Make sure you guys... Uh, tune in for that. It's going to be a really good show, I think. Uh, she's a, a really uh, awesome author. And uh, yeah, I think you guys are going to have fun with that. That'll be at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Wherever you guys are listening now, you can listen to it then as well. And if you want to send me an email, you can send it to feedback at openeyesnetwork.com. If you guys want to go to the, any of the archives of any of the shows that we do or that we're involved with, you guys can head over to my website, openeyesnetwork.com, and uh, find all of them, Brothers at Arms, Duct Tape Nation, Money and Change, Adventures in Autism, The Positude Podcast, and of course, Open Eyes Lots of shows that I'm involved with. My goodness. Anyway, <coughs> Open Eyes Network, 
Facebook.com for all of that. If you want to meet us on social media, we're everywhere. Open Eyes Network on all of the different social media platforms out there. But remember, uh, my website and uh, my Facebook feed are the only official websites or uh, places that you will get official information from me. Um, Yeah. So join in with that. If you guys want to check out any of my books, head over to my website, originalworlds.com. I've got a lot of stuff coming up. (coughs) that I've been in the middle of writing. Sorry, guys, I got a little tickle in my throat all of a sudden going on. Anyways, so uh, make sure you guys tune in for that. Next time you guys will hear from me will be on Sunday at 7 o'clock p.m. with the Positude Podcast. No, 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 I'm sorry. We'll be tomorrow (laughs) at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, It's been a day, guys. It's been a day. Anyways, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Keep safe out there. Have fun. And until next time, uh, keep sane. It's a crazy, crazy world out there.